Morning, everyone. Uh, it's good to see you. I can't actually see you, but I'm imagining your faces uh, watching this. Uh, I know uh, most of you, um, I know some of you more than others, I know most of your names. Uh, I love you all, and I'm really excited that you're part of this conversation that we're going to have now about Matthew chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open them to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at some things Jesus said there as we, um, as we head into uh, the end of 2020. This is the last Sunday in 2020. I'm quite glad to see the back of 2020, to be honest. And I'm looking forward to what 2021 has. And I always ask this in, this, in the last sermon for the year. Have you made any New Year's resolutions? So some people say they don't work, so I don't do it. Um, other people say I try every time. I'm one of those people that tries every time because if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. You know, it's good to have a, it's good to have a crack at something. And we should be resolving to be um, better all the time. That's what Jesus wants for us, to, to be more and more transformed. So, and, and New Year's Eve is just a chance to go, right, I'm going to shift something. I'm going to try and shift something. Um, look, whether you're a resolutions person or not, I want to show you something this morning from Matthew chapter 6 that Jesus says that we can all resolve to be. Um, every day and, uh, and it is this uh, this is one of my resolutions for uh, 2021 um, in starting at verse 25 in Matthew 6 that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear that's it this is my, this is my um, resolution for 2021 I'm going to spend less time worrying I'm going to spend less time Worrying. I'm, I'm going to spend less energy uh, worrying because that's what Jesus wants for us. He says, that's, don't worry about everyday life. Um, stop all this worrying. Just stop it. If only it was that easy. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't want to worry. Um, it's just that things in my life are important to me. My family's important. My job's important. You're important to me. Uh, I worry about church family. I worry about um, the, my, what happens in my household. I worry about my kids. They're, now they're kind of behind the wheel of the car and now so I've got more reason to worry. I don't know if you know what that's like. The things that we worry about are things that are important to us. And if we could just stop worrying, we probably all would because nobody likes to worry, I don't think, anyway. We worry because we care. But Jesus says, don't. Don't worry. Now, if you see someone worrying, please don't walk up to them and say, stop that right now because Jesus commands you because that will not help. That will not help that person to stop worrying. And it wouldn't be right because that's not what Jesus is doing. This is not a reprimand from Jesus. This is not a slap on the wrist. This is gentle help for us about how do we stop worrying. Why should we not worry? And Jesus, in this little passage in Matthew 6, gives us at least eight reasons that we should stop worrying. And I'm just going to work through them one at a time as we work through this text together. And I want you to think about which one of these reasons is the most powerful for me to help me stop worrying. So you see if you can pick one to eight. Here's the first one. Verse 25, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough, to, uh, enough food or drink or enough Clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? So here's the first reason. Life is more than food and clothing. Because you notice here, Jesus isn't pointing out, um, life, Jesus isn't promising food and clothing. He's saying life's more than food and clothing. 
He's saying regardless of whether you get food and clothing, you don't have to worry because life is more than that. Because without food, the body dies, or uh, without clothes, the body freezes or gets shamed into oblivion. (laughs) Jesus here means this. Life and body, literally soul and body, are more than the physical life um, that, that needs food and clothes. In other words, don't worry about your soul and your body because those who might take your food and your clothing and those who might even cause your death, they can't take your real life. I can't rob you of your resurrection body. This is the bottom line of defense as to why we should not worry. Um, Because we have a guarantee of life beyond this life. We're in Christ. We'll live forever. Uh, That's what Jesus says in Luke 12, 4. uh, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't do any more to you after that. (laughs) Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body because they can't do any more to you after that. In other words, there's something far worse than death and it can never happen to you because you're in Christ. So don't worry. That's reason number one. Life's more than food and clothing. Reason number two is in verse 26. And that's this. God feeds the birds and we're more valuable to God than birds. This is what it says in verse 26. Look at the birds. Uh, They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? That's a rhetorical question. He's not literally asking, are you more valuable than birds? He's saying, and you're more valuable than birds. Um, This reason not to worry is based on two massive underlying truths. The first is is that God is so completely in control of creation and so actively interested in creation that it's like he's handing the birds food each time they eat. That God is... He's here, and he's involved, and he's interested, and he's in control. And the second great truth uh, in here is that you and I who can sense God and consciously align our minds and will with him, um, as opposed to the birds, you and I are far more valuable to God than the birds that he hands food to on a daily basis. We're of far greater value to God than the birds. The Apostle Peter says this, Give all your worries and cares to God, for, for he cares about you. That's like, he cares about you far more than he cares about the birds that he provides food for every single day. You're valuable to God, so don't worry. That's the second reason. The third reason is the one that um, carries the most weight with me, helps me the most, and that's this. Worry doesn't work. (laughs) This is a great line from Jesus. Just this line, verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Like, could there be a more useless emotion in the whole of existence than worry? Um, So... I'll just push this a little harder so we get this. Think about the thing that you care about the most that you worry about. It's important. It matters to you. And so you think, I really, really, really want this to happen. Um, I'll give you an example. So um, our youngest son is going for his license later this, uh, next month. And uh, then he'll be behind a wheel on his own in a car. I am worried because I remember what I was like at his age in a car. Um, he's far more responsible than I was. Um, 
And so there's a problem for me because I love that kid more than my own life. And I would just don't want anything to happen to him. And I'm worried about that. So there's a problem I can see. There's a need that I have. There's something that I really, really want. And here's my strategy towards that problem. I'm just going to throw a whole bunch of worry at it. I'm just going to worry and worry. I'm going I'm to intensely worry. I'm going to worry morning, noon, and night. I'm going to invest myself in worry about that uh, problem. Do you know how much that's going to achieve towards the problem? Like a Zippo. It's going to help not at all. You know how effective it's going to be? It's going to be effective in me grinding my teeth and biting my nails and growing a few more grey hairs, which I've got plenty of already. It's a useless emotion. Hmm. So there's three reasons not to worry so far. One, life is more than food and clothes. Two, God feeds the birds and we're more valuable to him than birds. And three, worrying simply doesn't work. The fourth reason is in verse 28. And this is the reason God clothes the flowers for a season and he'll clothe us forever. So verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? This is almost the same argument from the birds of the air, but not quite. The birds of the air argument is about how valuable we are. So God values the birds so much that he feeds them. He's going he's to value you more. He values you more than that. This is um, God, God cares for the, the lilies, the flowers of the field, that he clothes them in splendor even though they're up and gone. But you, you last forever. You're eternal. Um, so if he cares for them, he's certainly going to care for you. So have a little more faith. And don't worry. Um, here we see worry is actually it's a trust issue. And this is what Jesus is kind of pointing out to us here. Like, just have a little more, more faith. Have a little more faith that God... Ke- look at the lilies. Look at the flowers. Look how God looks after them. How he, how he clothes them in splendor. Like, he, he, he loves you. He, he knows you. You're eternal. You last much longer than the flowers. And he's looking after you. So have a little faith. And don't worry. Uh, okay, the fifth reason is this. Worry doesn't belong to us. Worry doesn't belong to believers. This is confronting for me. Verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. This belongs to people who don't know Jesus. Jesus is saying, when you worry, you're like the world. Worry is a worldly issue. Uh, worry is an unbelief issue. Worry is a, for people who don't, who don't have the assurance of this relationship with the Father that you have Uh, You don't need to worry because you're a believer. Uh, The implications of this are staggering when you think about it. Um, uh, This first one that hits me is, the older I get and the more I know Jesus and the more mature I am in faith, the less time I should be spending worrying. So the trajectory of my walk with God is less and less and less and less worry until one day, no worries, literally. 
No worries. <laughs> uh, the other implication of this, which is awesome, is that we Christians, we believers, we followers of Jesus, we should be the least stressed people in the universe. That's convicting, isn't it? <laughs> but Jesus says, worry doesn't belong to you. Um, for the reasons that we've gone through, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to people who don't know Jesus. We don't have to worry because we're believers. Uh, the sixth reason, this is beautiful, this one, verse 32. Our Heavenly Father knows all our needs. And the text for that is verse 32. Your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. <laughs> Didn't even need to rephrase uh, that one at all. Um, the argument here is don't worry because you have a Father and He is heavenly not earthly, and he knows exactly what you need. Father, he loves you, and you're on his heart as a child, heavenly. He's sovereign over all the earth, and nothing can stop him from doing good to you. <laughs> already means he's already thought of it before you got there, every time. You think, oh, I'm worried about that, and, and he's like, I oh, know, because I was there already, and I, I know that's happening. <laughs> and he knows all our needs means he's never at a loss. Um, to know what we're feeling, what we're worried about, what we're concerned about, and he's already in front of us with that. He's already anticipated that. He already knows that. He knows all of it, so we don't need to worry. Um, by the way, uh, if you suffer from anxiety, like clinical anxiety, if, if you then... He knows that too. He knows all of our needs. And he's not interested in saying, I'm going to pound on you and call you less or say you're not spiritual because you have this anxiety in your life. It's a condition. And, and we understand that. And I just want you to know that Jesus knows. He knows. He knows you. He knows exactly what's happening inside your body and in your mind. He knows where you struggle. He already knows all of your needs. So even in the struggle of anxiety we can look to this text and say thank you father that you already know you know my needs and it helps me uh, not to worry or to worry less because i'm held like that from my heavenly father who knows all of my needs the seventh reason not to worry is this we are given everything we need to seek god and do his will verse 33 seek the kingdom of god above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need now this isn't a transaction this isn't us saying okay god i'm chasing you so now i need that house and i need that car and i need those friends and i need these goods and i need this reputation and i need this role and i need influence and i need that's it's not like god i'll do this and then you give me that the, the, the grammar here and the intent of this very clearly is this, because uh, everything we need isn't everything we want, that we'll receive everything we need to do what God wants us to do, to be who God wants us to be in whatever circumstance we're in. Uh, we'll all know hardship in one form or another. Um, as we've recently seen in Romans 8, all that hardship, none of it can separate us from the love of Christ. Uh, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yeah. We, 
we will have all the clothing and the food and the drink that we need to do the will of God, including through the time where we're deprived of that or even when somebody kills us or we die. If that's what God wants for us, then. The point is we'll have what we need to do what God needs us to do, what he wants us to do, what he has for us in this life. So there's no promise here uh, of you're going to be freed from the thing that you're worried about. Uh, simply that God's going to give you everything you need to get through the thing that's in front of you because there's no guaranteed physical comfort in this world in the west we're a little lulled in this sense we we feel like we deserve that or that that's going to be a blessed life if we're freed from the physical discomforts but you've only got to travel to a developing nation somewhere and go this doesn't (laughs) that can't be what that means Um, because there's so much pain and there's so much deprivation, there's so much hardship. And some of you go, yeah, I know, I feel it in my own life. Um, and I know some of the struggle that some of us have, and I think, wow, how come some people get so much hardship um, compared to other people, even in our context? There's no promise of a freedom from hardship. Uh, but there is promise that we'll get everything we need to be able to seek God and to do the things that he's called us to do. as we joyously mature in knowing him and enduring to the end when we receive our final salvation. So that's reason number seven. We're given everything we need to seek God and do his will. And reason number eight, the last one from this text that I'm pulling out today is from verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen, right? Today's trouble is enough for today. Or in your translations, today's got enough trouble of its own that you know you could write that on the wall somewhere and everyone would go amen today's got enough trouble of its own um so god doesn't overload any day with trouble that's our eighth reason god does not overload any day with trouble now maybe you're thinking i've had some days where i've been overloaded with trouble um but that's not what jesus says here Uh, he says each day's got enough trouble um, and in Lamentations, chapter 3, you probably know this verse, in 22 and 23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. That's lovely, but this is even better. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Um, I love that. Like, his mercies never end. This, the kind of language of the poet here in Lamentations, it helps us because his mercies never cease. That's like it's always there. That's nice. But every morning, there's mercy. Um, mercy enough for the day's troubles. And you know this, if you've lived for very long, you'd go, if you told me all the trouble that I was going to have, I would have died on the spot. But God's mercies are enough for each day. Each day, there's new mercy for new troubles. So, We get into trouble, really, when we start borrowing worry from tomorrow. When we worry about a day that isn't today. When we we drag the worries of tomorrow back into our mind today. uh, Jesus here says, don't, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got troubles, but there'll be mercy there too. There's enough trouble for you to worry about today. Or for you to be concerned about today. And tomorrow, you know, God will be there in mercy. So there's our eight reasons. Let me list them again. And you can pick the one or the two that are going to help you the most. 
Life is more than this body. Uh, Even if someone kills you, they can't stop your life. So don't worry. That's number one. Number two, God feeds the birds and you're more valuable to him than birds. Number three, worry, it just doesn't work. It's ineffective. Number four, God clothes the flowers even for a season and he'll clothe us forever. Number five, worry doesn't belong to us. It belongs to unbelievers. And number six, our heavenly father already knows all of our needs. And number seven, we're given everything we need to seek God and do his will. And number eight, God doesn't overload any day with trouble. So that's my encouragement to our church family as we head into uh, 2021. Uh, Let's worry less. Let's be children of our Father. Let's hold his hand. Let's trust him. And let's focus on meeting each day's challenges in the mercy and strengths he provides, which are new every morning for us. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, it's easy to just uh, go, this is a great teaching. And I agree with this in my head. And I want this for my life. And even as I sit on this stool and I talk this talk and I read out of what you said, Jesus, which is recorded in Matthew 6, I think, yeah, why do we worry? We shouldn't have to worry. This is great, all of this provision and wisdom and truth for us. But I know that when I hit those things that concern me, it's hard not to worry. And I know there are lots of concerns across the people um, in our church family and beyond too. I know we worry about our family. I know we worry about our, our money. I know we worry about our future. I know we worry about our children and our grandchildren. Um, I know we worry about our marriages. Um, there's so much that we worry about. And I pray, God, that in those hard spaces, um, in the, in, even in, as we worry about our health and our illness, oh, I pray, Jesus, that in those hard spaces, you would help us, your people, to remember what you said here in Matthew 6, that we don't need to worry because of all of these reasons. And thank you for these reasons that you've given us. And I pray that one or two or more of them just cling to our soul this morning and help us as we head into this new year to trust you and not worry so much. In Jesus' name, amen.